1: Welcome to Dennis and Julie, Dennis Prager, Julie Hartman. We talk to each other every week, and I have to believe, and I don't don't care if it sounds self-aggrandizing, people who know me know I'm not into that, but it doesn't matter. If it does, it does. There's nothing like what we have. There just isn't. And it's a very beautiful thing. It's like an ode to the human condition that we could be so open, so close and such a division of years mm-hmm. different sex, different everything different backgrounds
2: It's so much fun too
1: it, it totally is I look forward to it
2: Oh, I look forward to it so much and it's crazy to think that when I'm driving to work I am more excited to get to work and do the work than to leave
1: That's a big deal Talking about big deals, I was thinking as you recorded one of the commercials Mm -hmm. for for the (laughs) podcast, so you said, use the promo code HARTMAN. Yes. And I thought, at 22, to be a promo code.
2: I know, it's pretty cool.
1: I got to say... That's ahead of me. I was not a promo code at twenty-two.
2: Well, you were quite something. No, no, at 22. no. I was.
1: I I agree with you. But promo code was not one of the. Th- I'm not sure they had promo codes then.
2: Yeah, they they definitely I did it. Of,
1: I, well, I, you don't know that for no a fact. Offense. Maybe they did, and maybe they. Didn't. But I wasn't in radio then. I was very public. You know, I started public life exactly as you at twenty-one. I know. You, our the lives are, oh, oh, are crazy. They're they're eerie. Uh, uh, that's exactly correct.
2: So did you know because. I just did this PragerU video, as you know. I filmed a Stories of Us.
1: So tell people what yes. Stories of Us yes. is. It's a very big feature at PragerU.
2: Yes, so Stories of Us is a video series that You does where they identify people who typically started out their lives on the left and then transitioned to the right. So they had Adam Carolla on. They have Amala Epinobi, who of course has a very dramatic story about you know being raised in a by a left-wing uh, activist and then having a very uh, sharp turn to the right so they interviewed me and what was my original point for bringing this up what was what were we just talking about before shows you how relaxed i am
1: yes that is true about oh man that's a good Sean question.
2: are you listening
1: i mentioned promo code and how promo successful code. at your age you are and then you mentioned that you were at prageru so I don't God, know why you have in li- mind.
2: If I if I re-listened to it, I would be able to.
1: You would. Okay. Ugh, well, you realize, so... folks, how spontaneous this thing is. Doesn't matter. I'm so, so sorry. Tell, it doesn't matter. I, I I probably interrupted your stream of thought when I said tell everybody what yes. lives of us are about. But stories it's a, of us. Stories of us. It's a very wonderful series. It of is the, the autobiography, and people are very open.
2: They are very open, and it's. It's really just – I think it's such a good thing for PragerU to do because as Dana, who's one of the people who runs it, was explaining to me, their listeners fall into two categories, people who are on the right and are open and proud about it and people like me a few years ago who – uh you know, was toying around with conservative beliefs, or was sort of silently at least for a bit conservative, and then was a little bit on the fence as to whether or not to go public about it. So it's it's a fantastic video series. I have no idea why I brought it up again. It shows how relaxed I am, but I will just say, no, seriously. I mean, I remember at the beginning of this podcast, I would get so nervous before it. Did I ever tell you that? No. I would get nervous because um, I so badly wanted it to make you proud and wanted it to succeed, and then now. Maybe I shouldn't be saying this, but it's, it's so fun and relaxing. I don't get a hint of nervousness. But anyway, back to PragerU. It is a compound over there, Dennis. I mean, just the physical building is enormous, and it shows you know, the scale of what you guys are accomplishing. But I love going there because, as I said to you a few minutes ago, when you walk in, you feel like everyone there is both doing good and are good. Mm-hmm. They are just – from the makeup artist to the camera mm-hmm. people to the photographer to the person interviewing me. I mean everyone was just – the parking attendant, like literally from start to finish, you are just with deeply kind people. And I'll tell you that when we were done shooting the video at the end, you know there are like 15 people in the room. It's, it's a production, these videos. They put a lot of effort into it. And I was walking out and I just turned to all of them and I said, you know, for racist bigots, you guys are really nice people. And they thought that was funny.
1: The characterization of conservatives in these terms is so opposite of the truth mm-hmm. that y- you can you can you can shake from what a gigantic lie it is. I know it is. Somebody was mentioning to me apropos of that. When did this happen? Some somebody on the somebody on the left showed up at a, at a group of conservatives and they noted that the person was completely treated well. You know, it was total comfort with the person though. He had all, all only opposite views. I don't know what brought him there, but if it were the opposite, if I showed up, let's say at, at a left wing place, uh, I, for, well, I'm well known, so forget me. If if, right. if an equivalent of me not well known, but uh, but me. they knew was on the left, okay. Well, you're getting well known, so but I, I don't because I don't. I want to remove the 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 fame part from. Okay. It. So th- there's no comparison. The, their discomfort with us is much greater than ours with them on a personal level. Yes. That's you, why. Forgive me. No, please. This is why. Uh, and this was such a big part of my talks in, in my synagogue for Rosh Hashanah about honoring your parents. It's all in one direction. I don't mm-hmm. talk to my parent because he or she voted for Trump. You would never get, I don't talk to my parent because oh, exactly. he or she voted for Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden. Yep. And and if it, that person existed, we conservatives would call him an a-hole.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. We would. You know, when I'm out in the world, just, of course, living in Los Angeles, it's overwhelmingly liberal. I was at a coffee store the other day, one that I frequent uh, almost every morning. I've turned into you. I've turned into a coffee drinker. I wasn't before, but now I am. Anyway, at this coffee store, there's a, I would assume, a transgender barista. I mean, the person looks and, and their voice sounds like they had made a transition, and again, I go almost every day and we have a great rapport and we chit chat and we talk about the weather. We talk about how our weekends were the coffee. And, you know, um, the other day I walked in and the woman said to me, the trans woman said, you know, you are such a nice person.
1: Oh no. Yes.
2: She goes, you are, you know, you're just always, you always come in here smiling and you're just so sweet to all of us. And we just like, you know, you're, you're really sweet because she said, we have a lot of, you know, as I like to call them, Lululemon Range Rover mommies that are like stick thin and come in and they like act like they're so cool and they, you know, treat you like you're trash because they're more important than you and they're getting their iced latte and they just want to get out. But I, I love like you, I love chatting people up and meeting people. And so when this trans woman said to me, "You're so sweet," you know what I really wanted to say back to her, but I didn't. I wanted to go. I'm conservative. Do you know that I'm conservative? I'm Please you. don't forget how sweet. I, I want to tell so many people, whether it's baristas yeah, or waiters or friends, right. anything. You know, I'm actually who oh, you would God. consider to be a bigot, but it's you know, a, I'm really nice. It's at
1: these moments I feel like I'm talking to myself, <laughs> in the best, truly best sense of the word. So, I like I like to, to give five dollar bills to the to the Starbucks because. Uh, They don't get a lot of money. I want to encourage young people to work. And if they're sweet to me, I want to reward them. Every time I do, I suppress the urge to say, just for the record, I know. I'm conservative.
2: I know. I want to do it now. I actually think that we should. I
1: think we should. That's right. I
2: actually was, I have to say, I was disappointed. I was trying to analyze why I didn't do it because obviously it's not because I feel ashamed to be conservative, look at my job. I could not be more open about my beliefs. But I don't know, sometimes, and this is this can be another interesting conversation, sometimes when people ask me what I do for a job or in those moments where I could kind of come out with the fact that I am a public conservative, I choose not to go there. And I think it's because this is so much of my life, and I really value – Thanks, And I think you've really taught me this. I really value keeping parts of life separate, having your professional life, but also having a personal life. So the reason why I didn't just say to that barista, you know, I'm conservative, was I didn't want to go down that whole discussion. Mm -hmm. I just wanted a break from thinking about the realm of the professional. But I'm going to – I actually – I'm so motivated to do this. Later today or tomorrow when I go back there, I want to tell her if she's there and see what her reaction is. I'd be so fascinated to know if she'll still be nice to me or if she'll I, react I, I, in I'm a I'm fascinated to know. I know. Why don't we both do it and we see, we come back and tell the viewers <laughs> how people tell, react. By
1: the way, you mentioned talking about trans. Mm-hmm. So your parents are in, are in Paris. They are. And so tell, tell the listeners what, uh, what you told me.
2: Yes. So my parents are in Paris right now and God bless them, they never go on trips alone with one another. This is the first time in my twenty two years of life I've are seen. Are you them. serious? Oh, they they very rarely go on trips alone. Why? They, you know, it's interesting. When they were leaving the house the other day, they were they were only gone for eight days. I think this is day five, so they're they're going to be back fairly soon. But as they were leaving, my both my parents said to me, you know, there's a part of me that feels guilty right now leaving you and leaving my sister, my autistic sister, Gina, who lives in a group home, you know, here in LA. I said, why? You shouldn't feel guilty at all. You guys have worked so hard. You're such great parents. You're such great people. Go have fun. I want, it's going to make me happy to know that you're having fun. And I think it was my dad who said, you know, we're the type of people that stay at our posts. We really feel like we have to we should always be at home, being, you know.
1: Stay at our post. I thought
2: that was an interesting way to phrase it. And I sort of relate to that because you know how disciplined and overly hard on myself I am. I always feel guilty if I'm not staying reading. Staying at your post. Exactly, staying at my post. But um, you you talk a lot about how important it is for couples to have alone time. And I'm so happy they're doing that.
1: I had on my fireside chat a question from from some young newly married guy and he wants to know uh well wait was no no a young newly it doesn't matter he was not an old, a middle-aged guy or under 40 so basically the question was dennis why do you think i have to balance uh this issue my family the only time that i can travel is the only time my family can travel. So don't I owe it to my family to travel with them as opposed to just my wife? Mm-hmm. And I said, no, you owe it to your family to travel just with your wife. Because the better you get along, the better it is for the kids. Mm-hmm. Whether they have another trip to, uh, to Yellowstone <laughs> or, or whatever it might be, it's lovely to have these family trips. They're going to grow up and they're going to make their own life. But if they had parents who loved each other, That will be far more enduring than another family trip to Yellowstone. Mm -hmm. By the way, for the record, (laughs) you don't know this because you've only experienced family trips as the child. Mm -hmm. So...
2: Yeah, what is it like as the parent? This is interesting. Okay, so let
1: me just say, and I'm crazy about my kids as they know, as everybody knows. Yes. Nevertheless... Family trips are tough on parents. Oh, I'm it sure. It is the unspoken secret. Most parents need a vacation <laughs> after a family vacation.
2: My dad would definitely echo that sentiment. Okay. Because he's the one booking the, the, you know, pl- the rental car. No, but, oh, right. And-
1: that, that's the least of it. Okay. Here's, wow. the, here's the biggest uh, challenge. Basically, nothing the kids want to do do you want to do. <laughs> okay. Especially that's, when they're little. Yes, especially when they're little. Exactly. So you are you are a doing things you don't want to do. Right. B. You are preoccupied with having them have a good time, which is work. Yes, totally. So you know, if they're eighteen and you both enjoy the same things, listen. If I went on a trip now with my with either of my sons, it would be effortless. Obviously, they're adults. So. You know what people have to be real. And and it's real to acknowledge family vacation may not be what it's <laughs> cracked up to be. And on the other hand some of them are great. Of I course, I have, of I have course. no doubt about that.
2: Oh, I couldn't imagine traveling with young kids. Just just the effort of getting them of to course. the airport putting I mean you would just want to blow your brains out. That's I can right. imagine. Yes. So I just I don't want to forget why we because I forgot why I originally brought up the stories of us but uh, before I say why we originally brought up the fact that my parents are in Paris, I want to comment on how important um, you're mentioning parents having alone time is, and you know, parents fostering right. a bond. My my own parents, as I mentioned, did not travel at all when I was growing up because right. they were stay at their post kind of people. But they were always very disciplined about going out to dinner with one another. Once or twice a week. Okay, that's usually on that's Friday great. or Saturday. Okay, that's great. And they and it was always like, kids do not come. This mm-hmm. is our time to go out with other couples or with ourselves. And seeing that, I mean, of course, there were nights when I'd want to go out to the restaurant with them, or you know, I wouldn't have minded if they would, you know, taken me to Paris this time. But as a child, seeing your parents find joy in one another and go out on dates and s- keep the romance alive. You're so right to say that does more for you than having that trip to Paris or going out to dinner with them. Seeing them having fun is the ultimate example and source of security for you, too. So just sure. wanted to make that. Yes. Clear.
1: No, no. I, I, OK. It's an, very important for parents to think about.
2: Yes. That. And I also.
1: It is not selfish of you to want to go no. on vacation with your spouse.
2: Right. And I have to remember that as I get older, because I, again, I'm the product of my parents. I have the same as we've mentioned several That's times. Right. Stay in my post kind of mentality. So yes. I have to, as I get older,
1: so allow th- myself. So you you enjoyed PragerU.
2: Yes, I wanted to talk about why the original point of why you brought up the Paris thing, which is my mom told me that I just spoke with her on the phone, driving in to record this podcast. And she sent me a photo of this woman on the street in this big ball gown, because it's fashion week right now in Paris. And my sister and I responded to the text, and it wasn't supposed to be rude. It was just genuine. We couldn't tell if that person was a man or a woman in the dress. That's
1: right. I couldn't tell. You showed me the picture. I don't know
2: if it's allowed, but if it is, Sean, I'll send you a photo, and then you can put it up on video so people can see. I don't don't know if that's disrespecting the, the person's privacy, but... They're all the way in Paris. No one would, would well, know. Well, but... first
1: of all, they're walking in public. Secondly, you're not mocking them. True. You're, you're, you're simply stating, I can't tell.
2: Right. I, we, we could not tell. And my mom said... Well, if
1: you blur the face, we won't... We won't.
2: Yeah, the there, face there, is no the, no point. the whole point. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. Just trust me that it was a bit um, ambiguous. And my mom said on the phone, you know, Julie, I'm a bit surprised. She's been to Paris many times. She actually studied abroad in Paris in college. She said, "When we walk down the street, every fifth or sixth person we cannot tell if they're a man or a woman. Either way, they're sort of in that middle ground where where the, it could be either.
1: The androgyny ideal is is uh, dates back to when I was your age. They were already beginning unisex, it was called really." Yeah, unisex uh, barbershops, or not barbershops, uh, hair salons, unisex bathrooms. clothing, unisex bathrooms. And I knew it was a bad thing. I knew, I knew it very early on. The division is, it is not good for people to blur the male-female distinction. It is one of the joys of life, one of the top joys of life. This strong distinction between male and female. Why would I want to be more or less indistinguishable from you? What, what is, why is that good for me? That's a great point. What is, so What is the if, if I'm male and female, which is what you are if you're trans, you're biologically X and you're genderly, if you will, why? Why would I want to meet the other sex? There is no other sex. You have ended the issue of the other or opposite sex. Right. The, when, I, when I was in kindergarten, I remember already starting to be fascinated with girls. Not sexually. I, I, I didn't think those terms. Of course, you young at that point. Although, interestingly, I remember in first grade walking behind the girls up the steps from lunch so I could look under their skirts.
2: Oh my gosh! Yes. Well, that's remarkably honest.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I have no problem I know with sexual don't. honesty. I know you don't. I don't. People shouldn't have a problem with it, but um, I didn't have a sexual reaction, but I was incredibly of curious.
2: Yes, of course. But
1: there was there was a, in retrospect, there was a richness to wow. There's this is other whole other sex. Right. It's so fascinating. It's a challenge, but it's fascinating.
2: That's a, that's a really good point that part of the joy in life, which we don't talk about at all when having these conversations, is that men and women are different. Yes. And that when you eliminate these labels, then you're right. taking away – it's like meeting a really interesting person and trying to take away what makes them interesting and different for perfect. the sake of that's being perfect. B.C.
1: That's correct. Yes.
2: You're not the only one who's lost money this year. With the current economic volatility, you've got to find a way to protect your finances and retirement. Have you thought about it? One way to do this is to invest in gold. I'm considering Lear Capital to add to my retirement as we are looking for stable investments. It's a great company, and I'm considering putting gold in my IRA. A record high inflation and interest rates are causing the stock market to sink. The great inflation of the 1970s and early 80s lasted over a decade, with gut-wrenching bear markets and long-lasting turbulence. The cost of everything then and now is insane. I think we're in this for a while, folks. Are you thinking about how this is impacting your savings or retirement? I'm considering gold and silver for my portfolio. Do you know that you can add physical gold and silver to your IRA or 401k? If you wanna learn more, call Lear Capital today and ask about the Lear Advantage IRA. You can transfer or roll over your old 401k or IRA into a gold tax-free and penalty-free account. And to sweeten the deal, Lear is offering free shipping on every purchase and up to $15,000 in bonus silver to every qualified client. Call for details at 1-800-260-5075. You can get a free precious metals investor guide and work with the top-rated precious metals company on consumer affairs with a near-perfect rating on Trustpilot. Lear Capital is the gold standard in precious metals investing and has over $3 billion in trusted transactions with over 650,000 happy customers in the 25 years they've been in business. Call 1-800-260-5075 to get your free kit. See how gold is performed during periods of inflation, government debt, interest rate hikes, economic crashes, even wars, and you will see that gold has been that financial bedrock asset in portfolios. And what I really love about Lear is that they're an American-owned company, proud to do business with Americans that share our conservative values. So write this number down and give them a call today. one eight hundred two six zero fifty seventy five. 260 5075 That's 1-800-260-5075. 1-800-260-5075. And if you don't want to call, you can simply go to the link below to learn more. In every way that people, the left is trying to ruin what makes life cool and special. I talk ad nauseum. Actually, when you were on The Young Turks the other day, they played a clip from Dennis and Julie where I was talking about this very thing, how so many people at Harvard, I noticed, would... Um, put these computer stickers or these stickers on their computers, indicating their either their demographic I love, I category. Love women. Yes, I love women. Or I'm a proud black women woman. Or climate warrior. And they they literally wear the uniform of their either demographic category or their political beliefs, and that's that is the same effect as the transgender craze does because it it takes away the texture that people have, the parts of them that do make them interesting and different. Instead, it just reduces them to, again, whatever their demographic or political characteristics are. And that's...
1: By the way, when I had a that debate on the Young Turks, which is a very, very popular left-wing podcast. Yes. So when they put you up, <laughs> it, I said uh, it was worth it.
2: I have to tell the viewers because it's so funny. So Dennis texted me, as you often do, and I so appreciate texted me before uh, you went on The Young Turks at 4.30 p.m. a few days ago. And so, of course, I log on to watch it live. And I was texting you. I don't know if they had commercials, but when they were playing clips or something, I would text you and occasionally, you know, I would say, great point you just made and you would respond. And so when they brought up Dennis and Julie, that was at a point where I knew you couldn't respond to my text. But I knew that both of us were, (laughs) I sitting behind my computer watching you and you sitting there conducting the interview, I knew that we were both thinking the same thing which is honestly yay i'm glad that the young turks are watching our podcast exactly i would have, i want anyone in the world to watch our
1: podcast not to mention your point was uh, one we dwelled on the, so you, you were saying that they have all these stickers and mm-hmm. this was at harvard right yes right so all these stickers on the on the Computers. upside of their computer and i've never this is this by the way this is so big We could spend the rest of the podcast on this. We won't. But I want you to know how big I think it is. And I didn't mention to her. Mm -hmm. I I, I obviously reacted. But let me tell you and and our listeners, I never understood, related to, engaged in, any of these solidarity, pride-type things. Mm I mean, at 21, I was sent by Israel to smuggle items to Soviet Jews and to smuggle out the names of Soviet Jews who wanted to leave. It was pretty dangerous work. Okay, I'm not a hero. I'm just saying. So I, I have given a lot of my life over to helping fellow Jews. But I, I would never have a sticker proud to be a Jew. Yes. I, it's, I, it would be a I, bit I, odd. I, it is odd. It's odd in so many ways. What does it even mean? What, what does it mean? So And what does it do? Well, well, I don't know what it does. I don't know what it means. Well, to be perfectly honest, and I have this in my latest, uh, actually, commentary, which is coming out any day now. But, well, my third volume of my five-volume Bible I'm so commentary. Excited. Thank you. You'll love it. You will love it. Deuteronomy. And I, I deal with the issue, I don't know how it arose, about ethnic pride. And so I, I mentioned, this is, you'll realize why I think this is such a big issue. We've never discussed this. So Jews, for example, are very proud of the utterly disproportionate number of Nobel Prize winners who are Jews. And most anyone would think, it oh, makes sense. So my response is, then you have to be ashamed of the disproportionate number of Jews who gave Stalin the nuclear bomb. Hmm. There's only ethnic pride, but there's no ethnic shame. Shame. Wow. It's phony. So blacks so there's black pride. Okay, right. there, there there are a lot of blacks to be proud of, there's no question. But the disproportionate number of blacks involved in, in violent crime, is there black shame? Such
2: an interesting point. You're so right about that.
1: That's why I, I never understood it. I never understood black is beautiful, right. or 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 uh, or Jewish pride, or or or, or uh, any of these things. I love women, so that's what raised this issue.
2: Yes, she got the, so the, the upset stick. with you.
1: So I said, if you're if you're not a gay woman, what does it mean you love women? Mm-hmm. I don't understand it.
2: Well, she was saying, what, and
1: by the way, when a guy put up I love men? Yeah, that was he'd be he'd boy. be regarded as a weirdo. That
2: was a good rejoiner. not not
1: for sexual reasons. Right.
2: Well, what she was saying, which I thought was such a cheap shot, she was like, so if women are expressing confidence in in themselves or- this is not confidence Right.
1: That's the joke. It shows you you're not confident.
2: Well, precisely. And when I bring this up to you, when I talk about it on air, as I have done a few times, and when I would see it in person at Harvard, it made me really sad. I mean, first of all, it creeped me out and I thought it was just odd, but it- The secondary and overwhelming emotion was that it made me sad because I I just see – at our age, it's a vulnerable time in our lives. We're in that kind of – in college. We're in that middle kind of interim period between adolescence and adulthood. We're trying to figure out exactly who we are, and we're making mistakes, and we're just – we're we're trying in so many ways to get ourselves right and to me that just reflects a lack of confidence and a lack of competence at building a strong robust individual identity i think that those people who who put those computer stickers on or they wear you know i was saying they have the canvas bag with with another pin on it saying vote or fight racism it's, it's really devastating because I think they're so desperately trying to find who they are and what their identity is. And the left has brainwashed them into thinking that this is the proper way to express their identity. The people who I know in my life who are the most insecure are the ones who are the most woke and political because it's the thing that they desperately clutch onto in order to feel like they have a sense of belonging or just, again, a sense of self. But it's so misguided. That's your political ideology is not at all who you are. It's a fraction of who you are.
1: No, I'm just smiling because everything you're saying is so true. You're an insecure woman. If you have any statement about how great you are as a woman, mm-hmm. it means you're insecure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The, you know, I remember what was the song? Uh, I am a woman. Hear me roar. Remember that?
2: Oh yes. Sean, what was that
1: song? No, it wasn't Katy Perry.
2: You know who Katy Perry Believe is? Believe
1: it or not, yes. <laughs> Helen Reddy. That's correct. Oh, Helen know. Reddy. I don't know who that is. See, <laughs> I know a pop person. Of course. I'm proud of Chris. you. Thank you so much. Um, major Mazzles. Um, Major what? Mazzles. Mazzles? Mazzles, Right? Oh, Isn't like that... in though? Yeah. Oh my major god. Major Mazzles. That's hilarious. So here, I think we're gonna get it now.
2: I am woman, hear me roar. You never and heard this? too big to ignore. And I'm too much to go back and pretend. This is Katy Perry song. What year is this it from? It and I've been down there on the floor. And no this, is old. this is seven years. Yeah, this is really 17. Yes, I'm one. See I tell you. Yeah, okay,
1: so I'm a woman, hear me yes, roar. So, this notion, I'm a woman. I, I, I knew... I was quite young, and I but I knew only insecure people will say that. Mm-hmm. And that's why it would be considered so unmanly. I am a man, hear me roar. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with you, man?
2: You know, it's like when people compliment themselves or they say, uh, you know... I'm super smart or I'm, I'm very hardworking or I did it. If you are those things, you don't need to say it. You're just secure in the fact that you are smart and you hard are working.
1: Then this is 10 times truer for the group. If you say it about just you, if you say I'm a hardworking person, but if you say women are all hardworking people, Mm -hmm. that's an absurdity. Right. By the way, I, it's, you will be happy to know this. I review my appearances in my brain afterwards. So after this Young Turks appearance, I reviewed in my mind what could I have said better. Yes. I'm, I'm very, I'm very okay with how I uh, how I came across. But I, on the issue of the I love women, mm-hmm. I should have raised. This is one of the rare times where I really I don't know if it's rare, but it's one time I. I really felt I should have said something. But she kept changing the topic so fast.
2: Yes, it, she it, did. It, it, was, it,
1: it was rough. It but was I, hard to follow. Yeah, it, right. So it, it is what it is. But I would have said, wait a minute, it's not true. She doesn't love conservative women. Yes. So that ends yeah. the whole issue. And half the women are conservative. So I love half the women means nothing. Right. So I love women means nothing.
2: Well, she, I'm remembering now, she was upset. Her arguments were, uh, first of all, she said that you were not happy with the fact that women were expressing love for one another, which is just preposterous. And number two, this is what really got her mad. You responded by saying this is not going to go over well, but nevertheless, I'm going to say it. This is why women need men. That's what she was upset about.
1: Oh, the, the, if you say women need men, yes, you, they freak you out. Mi- you might as well say and men need women. Y- you are <laughs> pro murder. I know.
2: <laughs> I know. I mean. By you're, the way, you're right. if,
1: if you say men need women, men agree and women agree. I know. But if you say women need men, it, you, you're you're implying women are weak.
2: You should have just said to her, "Do you think that women don't need men?"
1: She probably would have said that's correct.
2: Well, how do you procreate?
1: Well if you well, like they, let's just talk about way, a bear. You, you need you know, you the know the they, she would say you, you need you need sperm, but you don't need men. That's what that that's, she would have an answer. Mm. I've done this enough. You've done it know, enough. Yeah. What You've done it fifty be.
2: more years than I've done it. Yes,
1: that's correct. May you still be doing it in fifty years.
2: I, I pray to God that I will be. That, that, I have a question. I want to react to more things that she that you guys talked about because I think it's endlessly fascinating. But I want to ask you, you, one of the things that I admire so much about you, not just in that appearance, but just in all of your appearances writ large, is that you never lose your cool. I was telling Sean this the other day. I said, you have this great way of just rising above the BS Mm -hmm. and I even noticed in that interview she would say things and you would chuckle and it wasn't in a you're such an idiot I'm laughing at you kind of way the way a lot of people do on television it was a very I can't really describe it but it was just an amusing not at all self aggrandizing not at all arrogant but sort of lightening the mood laugh and the way that you challenge people I think is just really rare because we see people on both sides getting so angry i'm sitting there watching the interview upset Mm -hmm. because i don't think she's being fair to you she's interrupting you she would move on to the next subject and wouldn't let you respond to one of the insults she would hurl at you but i just so admire your ability to remain calm so i want to ask you on the inside do you ever get angry have you or did you used to get angry and now you've just really learned how to suppress it I was just, I just think, how can you not be sitting there not fuming?
1: I'm very, very mind directed. Yes. It has been the great blessing of my life. I have it naturally and I've cultivated it. Let me give you a natural example. When I made the high school varsity basketball team at my school, which I only made because I was the tallest kid in the entire school. I had no basketball talent. I had height. So the coach announces the final cuts, and he said, Prager made the team. We've really scraped the bottom of the barrel. Oh, my
2: God. (laughs) Right. Okay. So
1: you will Uh, love this. That's funny. You've never heard me talk about this?
2: I think you did at Shabbat dinner, but I don't remember the the rest of the story.
1: So... (laughs) I remember my reaction like it was yesterday. Mm -hmm. I said to myself, this guy is an Mm a-hole. But he's right. So I have had from the earliest time that I could remember thinking, I have thought with my mind. I didn't think with my heart, oh, I'm insulted. I thought, is the guy right? So we know he's a a jerk for being. For saying it. Uh, publicly embarrassing right. me, fine, which I didn't care, by the way, but but,
2: and the, you don't the, care now,
1: and I don't care now. The, the I'll tell you, there is one thing I care about: being misquoted. Oh, of course, that's very, that's the very only. Angry. But 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 the, aside from that, so but my mind said he's right. I am. When my mind says do X, I do X. My mind says, Dennis. You will prevail by staying calm Yes, I stay calm
2: But And I know that and I do too When I debate with the leftists I I am very well aware That it will be a strength of mine if I stay calm And also it's just the way Just my own sense of right and wrong And personal decorum I don't think it's right to get loud and angry during arguments But on the inside I'm upset On the inside I'm angry You don't seem on the inside to be angry
1: Are you? So it's a good question. What 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 am I? Let me ask you a question. Would you be angry if a well no, that may be sound? I was thinking, do you get angry if a dog barks too too much? And the answer is, yeah, you get how do you get angry at a dog. I mean, it, it's right. there. I'm not comparing her or any leftist to a dog.
2: That's the new headline on the young Jews. I terms. know, so
1: I want to make clear, I'm merely saying I expect that behavior from people right. on the left. So when you expect X and you get X, you don't get that angry.
2: I hear you and I expect it too, but but and I I know that you, we both agree the dog analogy doesn't quite fit, but with
1: No, it a dog, only fits in that I'm not surprised.
2: Of course, of course, I understand. Right. But with a dog they're, they, they can't help it. You know, they, that's just... Right. They can't suppress their barking. I don't know if they them. can help it. Well, right. That's what we talk, we've talked about in the past few question. podcasts.
1: They're so angry. And they're so... I believe there is no leftist that I am aware of is capable of a rational argument. Mm-hmm. Liberals are. Conservatives are but no leftist, because you can't be a leftist and have come to your conclusions rationally. If you say America is systemically racist, you're irrational. Aside from being a liar and being vile, you you are irrational. It is irrational to say men give birth. What am I going to argue with you? Really? Men give birth? You believe that? Mm -hmm. Men have a uterus? Mm -hmm. Men have a vagina? Men men have uh, uh, eggs? I mean, what are you talking about?
2: We all know the importance of an education that teaches you critical thinking and prepares you for the real world. That's why I encourage anyone considering higher education to consider the King's College. The King's College is a Christian liberal arts college with classes in New York City and online. Their core curriculum based on politics, philosophy, and economics teaches students how to interpret, question, and apply the most important texts throughout history. Whether you study business management, philosophy, pre-law, humanities, or one of the other majors and minors offered by the King's College, you'll become the kind of thinker that is on the road to leading with integrity. Graduates from the King's College have even gone on to my alma mater, Harvard, as well as other top schools like MIT and Georgetown. The drive that is instilled in graduates of the King's College is what sets them apart from other students. So what are you waiting for? Apply to the King's College today for free at tkc.edu. That's tkc.edu. You know, I think also another thing I learned from that interview and just from watching you all the time and listening to you, I love, love, love your sight and clarity over agreement. And when you just raised this idea that it's just, Every, I mean, we hear it all the time. But every time I'm reminded that there are people out there who really do believe that men give birth, I just think it's so preposterous. And at that point, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not even worth arguing with them. And that's where your clarity over that's agreement right. line comes in.
1: Just make it clear. Yes. This is what they believe. You don't believe it. So what does it say about them?
2: Yes, because you're just wasting your time. You that's can go right. around in circles for. 10 days, Mm -hmm. and you are never going to agree. So, you just, and that's what you do so powerfully. You just expose, okay, this is what that person thinks. This is what I think. think And now we can move on. I said, look,
1: my motto is
2: clarity over it. Yes,
1: I did it twice. You're saying X, I'm saying not X. We can now move on.
2: I have a question that's a little off topic, but again, this discussion of men giving birth made me think of it. And we were talking before this this, uh, podcast started about. At UC Berkeley, the law school has...
1: All these law student groups that have banned any pro-Israel or Zionist speaker. Right.
2: And I was just thinking, with that example, and then, of course, with the men give birth example, when did this really become so bad? I mean, the left wing has always had a presence in America. Certainly in the last 60 years, it's been, I would say, a bit wacko, but this... What's happened, I think, in the last five years, is truly in another category of insanity. But you, you predicted so much of it. Of course, there's that famous what was it, Bill Maher interview, interview mm-hmm. where you said something about pronouns. Men menstruate. Yes, men, no, men menstruate, okay. and everyone laughed at you but like you were including him, including him, like you were right. a crazy person for saying that yes. people are going to believe that, and then it became mainstream. So you saw it. I have to say, I. I think a lot about, you know, if I were, of course, in 2006, I was six years old. But if I were an older adult at that time and had the knowledge of, you know, the world, would I be a conservative back then? It's a question that fascinates me. Like when when in the history of the United States would the turning point have been for me being a by default liberal to becoming a conservative? I mean, I don't know, though, if I could have spotted this a few years ago the way you did. What made you spot it? Because it's just, I I would probably be one of those people in the audience that would laugh at you, because I would go, of course the left is getting crazy, but it would never get that crazy. How did you predict it?
1: You're asking a very uh, sensitive question. I'll explain why in a moment. Just let me tell you, in the 1980s, I published a newsletter. This is more or less Mm pre-internet, just as the internet was beginning. So, people still subscribe to magazines. And I published a quarterly called Ultimate Issues. It's what got the name of my show, my hour. Oh, from. yeah. And I wrote an essay in the 1980s uh, The War Against Differences, Including Male Female, in the 1980s. Wow. And I said, when you abolish these differences, you end up with totalitarianism and i remember writing it and thinking most of the readers won't see the connection but i was right
2: but it will age well
1: it did age well so how did how did i know you know this is the reason it's sensitive is because to tell you what i really believe is going to sound uh da- dangerously pompous but I know it's, it's not pomp I know in the what least. you're going to say it's and I agree pompous. with you it's a gift
2: it is a gift it,
1: it, it, I don't take any credit. look, for
2: you're not it. good at basketball. you didn't get that gift, but right. you got this gift. it's right. not you're just stating a fact.
1: it's just a fact. look, uh even you have raised the issue of you know my opposition to same sex marriage to redefining marriage, as I put it and i and but I said over and over, the argument for a same sex marriage is gender doesn't matter, and I said that argument is going to lead us to hell.
2: It's a legitimate argument.
1: now you see where it's led us
2: So you're saying it's primary it's a gift that's how you do
1: That's correct.
2: do you think it was your also your extensive knowledge of history or you're just doing this as a career and researching it all the time? like do you think there was something that you
1: yes, aside from gift you yes, learned... I, I'll tell you what I think. There was the Torah mm. those five books the reason i 'm devoting so much time to my Bible commentary, which is a Torah commentary, is I know how they 've influenced me at you'll i, I don 't think i 've ever said this publicly that 's one of the beauties of our podcast it's, it forces me to say things yes. i don 't normally say at a certain point i don't remember when but it was early on i said to myself wow you your instincts are identical to the torah's and it blew my mind my natural mode of thinking was the torah's mode of thinking
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and that's why i feel such a moral obligation to get it in print because if you take those five books seriously, you will think morally clearly. You will think clearly about everything.
2: And you'll be so much happier.
1: Yeah, well, you could testify
2: Oh, my that. God. I mean, your life will – society will run better. Your life will run better. Personally, you will feel enriched and fulfilled and happier. It's. I really think – and I know it sounds sort of extreme or perhaps um, like I'm hyperbolizing to say it. I think it's the answer to everything.
1: Oh, I know it's the answer it to everything. Is. That's why it's frustrating that it isn't out there more. I know. As much as it's out there, the mo- my biggest frustration is it's not out there more. This is the answer to evil or even unhappiness. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I said this. I, I know I said the first part on our podcast, but I said this second part in the PragerU video I just filmed, and I think it's worth mentioning here. You know that I think it's incredibly creepy that people my age fight against things that most of them have never seen before. Racism, climate change, oppression, oppression, you know, uh, what's what are their words, homophobia, transphobia, et cetera. But on the flip side of that, they also the things that they disparage, they have never tried out before. So they Hmm. they criticize things that they've never seen before. And they also kind of criticize things they've never seen before where you know if they talk about religion and how oppressive and terrible and patriarchal and all the you know adjectives that they love to throw in there the bible is most of them have never been to a religious service they've never even read the bible all of my friends from college i don't think a single one of them has ever opened the bible once and yet not those friends because i wouldn't be friends with them but my school writ large it's like just a common you know it's common knowledge that the Bible is this horrible thing how do you know
1: yes exactly how
2: do you know you've like that is that is the epitome of pomposity and self aggrandizement and just dishonesty if
1: somebody were to say I don't think the Quran is a good guide to life. Oh. Somebody would say to that, well, you're an Islamophobe. Did you actually read, you read the whole Quran? Yes, exactly. Did you study it? Great. But point. if you say the Bible isn't, oh of course. It's totally not. fine. Right.
2: It just shows to me
1: Mm-mm.
2: how we we talk a lot about how the left screws people's brains up. But also there is such an astounding lack of self-awareness among the people that I went to school with. Like they don't even take a step back. To To ask themselves what I think is a fairly simple question, why am I excoriating something that I've never read, hmm. or maybe is it right is it not right for me to advocate for defunding the police when I live in a dorm that is guarded by heavily funded Boys. security people <laughs> right. there there is just and i don't know i don't know I mean certainly screwing up your brain equals. A lot of your faculties like self-awareness going away. But that—that that is a killer combination of having irrational thought plus no ability to check yourself. I was thinking recently you – know, They
1: wouldn't have said, gee, the coach is right.
2: Yes. Oh, they would have – Trust me, I have seen people cry, scream and run out of the classroom/gym when teachers have or coaches have said things you far have? More. Oh, of course. There was an incident in high school where my there was a girl that was always late to class and of course she would come in with a coffee. So she was late, but she had enough time to go to Starbucks in the morning. And one of the classes, our Spanish teacher said, "Why are you always late?" in in front of the whole class or, you know, can you get here on time? Every all of your other classmates are here and you're you are consistently 15 minutes behind the clock. And she looked at my Spanish teacher and she goes, I just got in a horrible fight with my dad. How dare you? She did yes, you have no idea you know you have no idea why i 'm late is a fascinating and she anecdote. ran out of the classroom
1: fascinating. She
2: ran out of the classroom and then the mother had to come in, and then the administrator and the Spanish teacher and the child and the mother had this whole conversation and it was this big deal and I thought only at an l a private school, and also i again i'm i 'm not saying this to compliment myself, but I just know myself first of all, I would never be late, and second of all. If I were late and a teacher reprimanded me for it, I would just go, they're so right. I'm awful. I'm a delinquent. I'm a horrible student. I'm a horrible person. I need to repent. You know, that would be my reaction would be, I am rotten. I need to do better. This girl's reaction was this teacher is so mean for telling me I need to show up on time to class. But that's
0: the the
1: narcissism of that response. Right. I had a fight with my father. So you're wrong about my being late.
2: I <laughs> you know but it shows the the way that the left places a premium on your feelings or your so experiences all feelings. that's right if you have a bad feeling or if you have a particular experience that trumps any other obligations that you have or that can be the be all end all excuse for just about anything
1: people should watch my next fireside chat the the young woman from prageru who tells me what's in the news or Megan. Megan too. Megan one is now a mom. Is she
2: no longer working? Well, she's right now. This is one of Dennis's um, fireside chat camera people.
1: So either Megan would come in with some suggestions on what my opening comments would be and I often took them. So she in light of my taking on that sign uh, the world is a better place because you're in it. Yes. To fifth graders. So she said, look at these messages. Google, what was it? Google uh, quotes on flaws. I think that's mm-hmm. what it was. Mm-hmm. So they were all in the form of of like, a, you know, a poster. And so they would be typically be. Embrace your flaws. You are lovable because of your flaws. Oh
2: my god! Oh my
1: god! There was not a single sign in all of the Google search
2: that asked something of the person who has the flaw.
1: Like you have flaws, you should work on them. Leftism is narcissism.
2: It doesn't ask anything of you, unlike conservatism. Leftism doesn't ask anything of you,
1: right? Okay. Oh it does. You you should use less carbon dioxide footprint.
2: Right, but they don't but they don't do it. Right, no no
1: fine. But either way, that's what they think sacrifices. Right. Is. I don't have to work on me. I have to work on my carbon footprint. Right. Yep. But th- this flaws thing was mind blowing. You are lovable because of your flaws? That's nonsense. So then as I said in in my opening comments, then the more flaws you have, the more lovable you are.
2: Yes. And, you know, the thing that I can't understand is, you know, you were talking a few minutes ago about how you're very mind driven. And I I also, not surprisingly, am very mind driven, but I'm certainly trying to become more so. And I just think it is such a deeply empowering thing to know that if you, you know, flex the muscle of critical thought and rational thought, that you can... You can just make your life better by overcoming your maybe more malignant natural impulses. I think that's such a cool thing that your mind has the capability to talk you out of being upset that that coach was mean to you by saying, you know what? He was right and he's an a-hole and whatever. I'm just going to move on with my day. I think that is like a gift from God. Totally, That is one of the most interesting parts of a human being and of life. Mm-hmm. And it go this is a theme of the podcast today. It goes back to what we were talking about at the very beginning. In every way the left is taking away those parts of life that make you interesting and unique and cool. By eliminating, you know, gender distinctions, they're taking away the, the beautiful differences between men and women by reducing you to just your political beliefs they're taking away the more individual aspects of your identity.
1: How could you hold there's no difference between men and women and then say i'm the other I'm the other sex If the sexes are the same, what is the point of of becoming the other sex? yeah you're not being any different
2: that's so true
1: i, I don't, it doesn't either that there are two true. sexes and you become the other. Or there are there's no binary, then what are you changing to?
2: Yes, and also with that computer sticker that says, you know, women rule the world, or wh- there's a Beyonce song that, that's called Run the World, I think it's called, and the, the whole chorus is, who run the world? Girls, and it's just the, the whole song. What is the point of elevating women or saying women are these superior creatures if gender is just a construct and actually it doesn't exist? If any exist? man can be a woman. Exactly. They... It does it's endlessly fascinating to me how the left contradicts themselves in with regard to so many well, things. I said if
1: you're a rational thinker you can't be a leftist.
2: I remember what a fuss the left made about Trump building the immigration wall in 2016 that it was xenophobic and you were separating right. families from one another it was so horrible. And then after January 6th what do they do? They build a huge wall around the Capitol. Well, I thought walls don't work. I thought that they're ineffective and they're xenophobic and they're...
1: Well, if walls don't work, how how did Israel go from massive numbers of victims of terrorism to virtually zero? Right. Purely because of a wall. Right.
2: But I'm just... I was just bringing up that example to say, again, it is endlessly fascinating to me how they they so obviously constantly contradict themselves and they don't... Again, it goes back to my point about their lack of self-awareness. They don't seem to realize it. And my – what I would like to postulate is that it's because, as we've talked about, it's impossible to be a hypocrite on the left because they can justify any change in their thinking under the guise of, well, we're progressives. We can just progress away from whatever position we had before and change our ideas. But really what that's a cover for is that they don't have any principles. What I love about conservatism is that you have to lay down your values and your principles and then you conserve them.
1: Well, here, here's the beauty.
2: Leftism doesn't have when, principles. When a,
1: well, just to give a simple example if, if a conservative cheats on his wife, he's mm-hmm. called a hypocrite. Family, values, religion, and look, he cheats on his wife. Right. For leftist – was Bill Clinton ever called a hypocrite? Never. Wow. Yeah. He I'd was... like to know what a leftist could do that people on the left would say he's a hypocrite.
2: You have all helped to build my pillow into the great company that it is today, and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. On top of the special, exclusively for my listeners, on the Percale and Giza Dream Bed Sheets, marked down as low as twenty nine ninety eight. Mike's now changing the game with his three piece towel set. This set, which I own and love, is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent yet still providing that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with one bath towel, one hand towel, and one washcloth. Typically retailing for forty nine ninety nine, for a limited time you can get this three-piece towel set for the low price of nineteen ninety eight with the promo code Hartman. Don't miss out on these incredible offers. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now by calling 1-800-566-6745 and use the promo code Hartman. Or go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use the promo code Hartman. God, I'm going to use that Bill Clinton example.
1: Right. Never. That not is, once. It,
2: it, he was called a lot of different things, oh, no, but it, it it never was, a hypocrite. A, yes. a, a dog. That I is mean, fascinating. Right. Yes. yes. That's By mean? the
1: way, that is part of the appeal of being on the left. You don't have a personal set of standards yes. by which you are judged. Right. You are not judged on the left.
2: It's just a free-for-all. You can believe whatever you want and switch, and you will right. always have a home there because that's just what they do. Yes. That is a fascinating question. What could they do or say that they would be right. even called if, a hypocrite even for? when
1: the environmentalist Nothing. leaders fly on private jets... Using more fuel and carbon emissions than the average citizen does in a year on regular jets, they're not hypocrites.
2: See, this is why, and I know we've come back to this, I think, two or three times in the last few podcasts, but this is why I fundamentally believe that overwhelmingly left-wingers are frauds. I'm sorry to say it. I don't think that they really believe in most of what they're saying because they 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 know. I
1: think that they talk themselves into it.
2: They, they might on some things, but overwhelmingly, they know that AOC and who's Leonardo DiCaprio and John Kerry fly on these private planes and they look the other way and they don't care. That indicates to me that they really don't have a, a principle or a value surrounding be, climate change. How could
1: you tell me that climate change, global warming... Mm-hmm is an existential threat. That means a threat to the existence of biological life and not be for nuclear power. The cleanest form of energy takes up tiny space compared to the gigantic uh, areas of of, uh, of wind, uh, windmills. They're not called windmills. What are they called again?
2: Wind turbines? Winter,
1: or? Wind turbines and, and, and solar panels. I... Uh, it it's endless it's endless
2: i i just don't you know the, the thing that also fascinates me is that i talk a lot about you know my, people my age because i just graduated from college and what they think and i was i was wondering the other day are they always going to hold these views or one day are they going to wake up and look back and see how irrational and unprincipled and wrong they were about many things. I so don't know. I, know. I
1: don't know the answer. Are they I going think...
2: to outgrow this, or is this going to become well, worse and worse?
1: I wonder, will the future judge this era as an insane era that they said men give birth, and that if you didn't say that, you were considered a science denier and a hater? Mm-hmm. Will they Will they realize that lockdowns only hurt people they did nothing good. They only did harm. Only. Mm-hmm. They were among the most harmful acts governments have done outside of bad wars in the history of the world. Will they acknowledge that? Will they acknowledge the damage done, only damage to children, by, uh, by not having them go to school? Sweden sent kids to school the whole time. Uh, the kids under 16, to be very precise elementary school and most of high school will will they acknowledge that Denmark has just announced they 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 tell you do not vaccinate anyone under 50 will they acknowledge that vaccines did a lot of harm may have done some good but did a lot of harm
2: they can't acknowledge they can't even simply acknowledge it because then they view that as a concession they, well, it
1: is a concession. Right, but they They're, view it as true. a
2: crippling concession. Like It is one crippling. That, They're entirely I mean, of, right. Of course Their whole is.
1: edifice comes crumbling that's down with is. any one of the things I mentioned.
2: That's if, why they can't give you an inch.
1: That's They right. can't give
2: you an inch because if they even gave us an inch, the whole edifice right. would crumble. Well,
1: talking about that, on that debate on the Young Turks, when she raised the issue of, well, how—, how what, what about two incomes and so on? I said, that's a very real issue.
2: Yes, that was, that I, was a very... I, I
1: fully acknowledge it. And, and that if a woman doesn't have a, a career to fall back on and she gets divorced, what, what is she going to do for money? Uh, I acknowledge that that's an issue because my edifice does not stand exactly. on every claim has to be true because it's not false. My edifice stands on truth. Yes. It doesn't stand on, on positions.
2: Right. And I notice, I noticed in that interview, and I just noticed when talking to leftists in my, in my daily life, that they try to push you into these binaries. Like either you,
1: oh, totally. you know,
2: like you either believe this or you believe that in that example, you either believe that women shouldn't work or that they should be allowed to work. Or, or, or was, they're
1: the claim. Oh, so you, you think women are weak. If I don't think a woman should have a sticker, I love all women, that means I think that she should be weak. It's a strong woman who doesn't have to state, I love all women.
2: Mm -hmm. It's just astounding to me the way, and they try to do it in interviews, They try because it's their way of looking at the world. They try to push you into a corner. And what I try to say when I'm debating with people, you know, it happens all the time when I talk about Black Lives Matter and... African-American culture in this country, the prevalence of crime and fatherlessness and out of wedlock births, because so what would happen so often in college is that people would say, oh, so you, you know, if you are talking about this, then you must believe that black culture is inferior or you must believe that you know, no, um, even
1: more. Blacks are inferior.
2: Yes, that, that black... Well, yes. exactly. Blacks. Because I I mean, I wouldn't say black culture is inferior, but I would say that African-American culture right now certainly has some debilitating issues. But yes, they would try to push me into the corner of saying that, that black people are inferior. And I would say, like, why, why is this your way of looking at the world? Either yeah. I... Like, hmm. can't we be somewhere... I mean in the middle Doesn't quite make sense well, in Well that's but-
1: why I said What I just said earlier If truth is your foundation mm-hmm. You leave the left
2: Yes And you don't view Saying what you said On the Young Turks Yes women's you know some women who are in unfortunate socioeconomic situations that is a real issue you don't view that as a concession because it's not a concession right your point still stands even if it doesn't apply to every single circumstance I when as a conservative when I acknowledge that some of the things they bre- bring up may be legitimate I don't feel like I've weakened myself exactly and in fact I feel like I've substantiated That's myself correct.
1: you get you gain credibility
2: yes and I and I want to know the the reality of the situation I want to know the whole truth and analyze it and if what they're saying is true i have no problem agreeing with them because that's just pushing us towards a goal that we should all hope to have which is to acknowledge what is real
1: so let me before we end our session are we really almost done yeah yes we are it's amazing so i'm thinking i was just thinking we should always ensure there's a personal moment on this
2: podcast yeah yeah I don't think that's hard for us to accomplish. No, it's not
1: at all. And sometimes it's dominant. Right. But I think the more macro is dominant this time. So I'm going to throw a personal question at you. You have a tremendous amount of success at a very early age. Thank you. So, no, no, it's not a compliment. It's a fact. It, it's, like, it's like saying you are blonde hair. I mean, it's a fact. So what do you do with that?
2: What do you mean by
1: that? Well... It's an abnormal life mm. at, at your age. It's an abnormal life at any age, but especially so. I had to deal with it. I, ha- I mean, it was a good. It was a good thing to deal with. But I, I was blessed like you, with doing very public things at at, at your age. So I know I don't want to say what I did. I want I want to know. Do you think? Oh, I, I can give you a multiple choice. Right. Man, am I lucky? Man, did I earn this? Uh, God of my I, uh, I I obviously have some gifts which thank God have been recognized. Mm. I I I I am just giving you it may be none of them, maybe right. all of them.
2: Right. I certainly think as you know all the time I am so lucky. I, I we talk on the phone as as the viewers know a lot and I just say I can't believe that this is my life. I know I worked hard for it and I know that I've earned it, but still with so, with so many things in life a, a lot of it is luck. And I it was extraordinarily lucky that you opened the email that I sent you two years ago. I was lucky that you were kind enough to invite me in. So I, I am very, very grateful for my good fortune. I have always, you know, in high school and before high school, I was a very elite athlete would travel all around California playing soccer or swimming or water polo, And my teams would get to a very high level. And so I was always, um, in the pressure mode, in the I've got to achieve mode. And from a very young age, I tried to knock, and it wasn't, uh, when I say try, it implies effort. It was sort of natural. I just knocked the feeling of being proud of myself out of me because I remember thinking, if I win a swimming race and get a medal, I'm going to become haughty. Or I'm going to become content with the fact that I got this medal, and then I'm not going to be working hard enough, and someone's going to eclipse me and the next time I'm not going to get that medal so i even if I have a teensy you know teensy tiny bit of pride in my accomplishments, i've got to get rid of that because it's just going to cripple me and prevent me from getting the next one so i've always I've always had and also most of it too was even though I've never been a supercilious haughty person I so detest those characteristics in other people I hate arrogant people I so badly didn't want to be that in any kind of way so I don't I've just gotten so used to not recognizing that I should be proud of myself if that makes sense another thing I'll say and then I'll shut up because I know I'm going on for a long time but it's interesting to me I have a friend who's in town as you know from college and last night at dinner she was asking me about this job and she said you know we never really talk about it and I said you're right and I noticed with a lot of my friends some of them listen to this and I'm very grateful for those who do but most of them don't and I actually like it better that way because when I'm with my friends I'm just Julie I'm not Julie the public conservative figure I'm just, we talk about things that don't pertain to politics. We're silly with one another. We talk about our families, our, our interests. And I like that kind of segregation. So that also is a very helpful way for me to deal with all of this public exposure. Because when I'm with people in my life, it's not a factor. How about that for a long answer? Just shows I've been could reflecting have, on it. It could
1: have been longer. It, it was perfectly legitimate and interesting.
2: That pride point that I made, do you have? Do you try to knock the any feeling of so being proud of yourself? Next out time,
1: of you? ask me the same question. How did I deal with this at your age?
2: I really want to know. Yes, please get a I teaser. But I will tell
1: you. I'll tell you one thing. It's a, specific to your question. At a very early age, I realized: a, without friends, life is not worth living. Yes, and. and I have always had men I loved. I'm talking about male friends. B, I'm going to lose them all with this tiny amount of arrogance. It's true. <laughs> yes. So uh, as yours was... That's complete, a really good well, point. Oh, it's That's a really good point. Well, it was your point. I'm just putting it in my terms. But well, I, I realized it so early and every one of my friends, if, if you if you tortured them, They would say Dennis doesn't have a shred of arrogance.
2: Well, you – the point that I think that – or at least what I took from from your rephrasing was that when – I want to make sure this comes out in a not arrogant way. But when you're in the position that the two of us are in, when you're doing a public job – you have to be especially careful. That's right. Even in a small oh, way oh, about oh, oh, talking we, about yes, your job. Yes,
1: you're so, you see, because that's wisdom at your age. Because inherently,
2: it's going to seem braggadocious. That, that's
1: exactly correct. If
2: you, you know, when I go and sit with my friends and I say, I just guest hosted Dennis's nationally syndicated talk radio show. That is just a fact of what I did, and that is a fact of my job. But that comes, people go, "Wow!" Or that's that right. comes out as like, "I just guest hosted Dennis's nationally syndicated." That's right. So that's the point that I thought you were making. We have to be extra. Well, oh, it is. Downplay oh, it. Uh,
1: that's exactly because right. even
2: when we're not trying to brag, at times it does come off as braggy.
1: I even monitor how much I speak. That me I should too. in no way be the dominant Well, you voice. have
2: to, especially because you're so famous and you're so okay, well Okay, right.
1: Yes, okay. But but. It, it, it,
2: but even I notice and that's I'm... That's
1: right. You no, know, you're right to. I know you do. Not nearly I as well I know you known, do. I watch you like a I, hawk.
2: I know you watch you like a hawk. And, I, and mean, I watch you I like a hawk. just
1: you to know. <laughs> That's right.
2: No, but we watch people... Like, you yes. watch me and I watch you because we watch everyone like hawks.
1: That's true. It's a good point.
2: You Sorry, you're saying you want me to know.
1: That that I, I'm blown away at what I see. Well, I know I'm embarrassing you, you. but I, I watch the way you treat people. I mean, it's very beautiful. Ditto. Well, right. Well. It's, okay. I'll agree to that. I. My mom. I I said this at my uh, when I conducted my Rosh Hashanah service. I spoke because my mother died on Rosh Hashanah. Really? Yeah. So, it's, oh. uh, so it's, it's every year it's the anniversary of her death when I do my service, and I said I'd like to tell you something about my mom. My mother made everyone she met feel like they were the most important person in her life, and oh, so we'll end with this because this is a precious line. <laughs> she would, for example, like I I remember looking at this again. Like, she if the electrician or plumber came to the house she served them a meal
2: oh my god oh
1: my god is correct
2: my mother is the same way about making people feel important
1: that's a big she deal she does not serve a meal oh to yeah the right this blew my mind
2: <laughs> that's so crazy so you
1: but it will end with this this cuz this <laughs> proves my point and shows how different i was <laughs> at about 10 years of age 11 maybe mm-hmm. I guess more like 11, but I don't know the exact age. I looked at her and I said, Ma, all I'm asking is that you treat me like the electrician.
2: (laughs) What did she say to that?
1: I I don't, I have no, I have no memory of it,
2: but it was such a great line. (laughs) It is a great line. And your mom was a conservative and look, she was a nice person too.
1: It's funny, they would never have said they were conservative. Of course. They, I mean, they, back, they were I Jews mean, from a, New York, who were Democrats. Right. But, but every value they had was conservative. I mean, if they were alive today, you think they would say men give birth? It, it's inconceivable. Of course. Right? Yep. Well, this was great.
2: This is so much fun. And next time, we're, social media. Yes, I reminder. know. But I'm saying, and I'm reminding you and that, myself wow. that we got to come back next week having told a few people that we are conservative. I'm telling that transgender barista.
1: Oh wow.
2: Who were you telling?
1: You. Oh.
2: Oh, right. Like, I didn't already know that. Okay. You could reach us at julie at julie-hartman.com. That's my email. I read all of them. Unfortunately, I can't respond to most of them because I'm just so busy. But I send many of them along to Dennis. And I so appreciate your mail. I benefit from your suggestions and advice. And so please keep writing to me. And if you would like to follow us on social media, you can do so at DennisJuliePod on Instagram and at Pod. No it's yes, it's Dennis Julie pod not Dennis and Julie pod no and Dennis Julie pod on Instagram and Twitter and then on Facebook it's Dennis and Julie podcast
1: and you should all tell young people about this
2: especially everyone but especially everyone, young but people
1: especially young people it 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 I think it could make them think and that's important I
2: agree. And Bye go tell everybody. go tell people you're conservative. I want oh, yeah, reactions right. too.
1: On your next, and if you're not kind, tell them you're on the left.
0: Great. And everybody wants the same. Everybody wants the same thing.